You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Curse words here, yes? Yeah, you can All do right. anything. We out here, dude. Yeah. We out here. Yeah. Yes, yes, we are out here. That's what I do. I left the bikes on. You know who it is, the highest host, Adamville. Cheering out right here, another episode of the podcast, baby. Of course, oh. that is Kentron on the keys, tickling them ebonies and ivories. Always an honor, always a pleasure to have you, Kentron. Yeah, there's your mic. Yeah. You already know. You already know. Uh, it's been an am- it's been a cool 2021. You know, I've tried to been very consistent with my podcast. I've been uh, consistent with the Twitch streams. I'm fucking on this new shit called Clubhouse. I don't know how I'm feeling about Clubhouse, uh, but it's uh, it's cool. It's cool. You know, since they've fucked with my IG, uh, I've been trying to find other platforms and shit. So we out here. But enough about me and what I've been doing. Y'all can watch that and listen to that all the time. The podcast isn't about me. The podcast is who's sitting to the right of me, who's sitting in the chair, who we going to learn from, what we going to find out. And today we got a, um, a man who brings a lot of people together. Uh, he's an uh, an author. Yeah. He's a, a producer. He's a, 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 he's a, a connector. Yeah. He's also a Guinness World Record holder. Yes. Holy shit. I'm talking so about many the one and all. There's so many more things. M80, Mr. Matt, Matt Markov in the building. How you feeling, dude? I f- after eight seconds of hearing my voice on this mic, I feel like I'd be the world's greatest radio host. Oh, well, you know, we, yeah. we like yeah. to give opportunities yeah, to people and we present them with situations. So as All you right. know, this studio is available. So if you do have any Ooh. ideas, because I know you are a businessman. Super you are business. you, you are about business. Like if it's not business, mm-hmm. like leave me the fuck alone, bro. Yes, I don't have time. Part, time is money. Part. If you bullshitting me, I ain't going to fuck with you because uh, I need you to pay me for I those five minutes. I value my quality time with my wife and dog. Therefore, <laughs> that being said, if you're taking my time away from one of those two things, it must be about the moolah. Yes, yes, it mm-hmm. is. And you, uh, I mean, you, your ice, it looks like, your wrist looks like it got frostbite. Uh, you always have the the best shoes on in any room I go into. You're always Wu-Tanged okay, out. Hold on. Oh, 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 yeah, hold on, hold on. Yeah, see, compared to me, I mean, I still got, my shoes are okay. I got some SBs. I love SBs, but it looks like, what are those, some Versace's? The Versace chain reaction. Yeah. <laughs> They're very stellar. Yeah. They give you an extra two inches, so now I'm 6'1". 6'1 oh, with these boys on. That's right. That's right. Get, get better business deals, dude. Better. Be- so, uh, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Yeah, buddy. You smoking the reefers? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I stay smoking. I got the lit ills right here that I rolled up. So. Oh, because it's the podcast. Like with a T. It is the podcast. Oh, how is oh. how is your experience with cannabis? Because let, let me say something All real right. quick. I think the first time I met you, I don't know if this is true and I have a horrible memory, okay. but I think the first time we crossed paths was at the Secret Sesh. Yes. It was at the event that I used to do every weekend. Yes, sir. Um, you were a friend of the DJ Salam Rec. Yes, sir. Shout and, out Salam. And anytime you came, like, it wasn't just, oh, uh, fucking M80's here. It's like, oh, M80's here with Ghostface Killer or M80's yeah. here with fucking, <laughs> with fucking... I always gotta bring my people. I brought, I brought Ghostface through. I brought Priest through. I brought Benny the Butcher and his whole BSF family through. I brought Hus Kingpin through and DJ Beans and Crumzilla 
and and Planet Asia and twins and the masses. Everyone's got to see the secret sex, dude. It's like, especially for my people from the Midwest, it blows their minds, dude. It's like walking into a Whole Foods of marijuana. <laughs> and, and, you know? and that is where you are from, right? You're from the Midwest? Yes, Toledo, Ohio, to Indianapolis, Indiana, to San Francisco, California, to New York, back to Indy. Then I've been in Los Angeles for seven and a half years. And, and what? And all this traveling is due to uh, just growing within the music industry. Is it yes. just chasing yeah. the money? Is uh, it? I went. I moved to San Francisco to go to law school, where I specialized in uh, intellectual property law and civil uh, litigations and contracts. I lived in New York, where we launched Think Differently Music Group, which was a subsidiary of Wu Tang Productions. Um, lived the majority of my life in the Midwest. Where I was, you know, born and raised, and and really launched Holy Toledo Productions, my company there in Indianapolis, and just got to the point where I didn't want to be the big fish in a little pond. I wanted to come to the giant pond, which is Los Angeles, California, and see if I really had what it took. And uh, you know, five figure months every month later, I I got what it takes. That's that's inspiring, dude. <laughs> Coming from uh, Middle America to the coasts and making it happen. I mean. Uh, it's just cool to see uh, you pull up in a Maybach. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a lot of. Skirt, skirt, I, I don't skirt, know a lot skirt. of people that own that's, Maybachs. That's but. my dream car. And the best part about owning the Maybach <laughs> is, um, all my life I grew up knowing I was one of the shittiest drivers ever. Like I was voted worst driver in high school, but also most likely to be famous. And they said, choose one. I'm like, I'm going to go with famous. But I told myself I would never, ever have an expensive car. Because in the Midwest, like, a car like that costs, like, what some people's homes cost. Right. But so imagine crashing the car. It's like crashing a house. Right. And now look at me. Driving L.A. Potentially life. Potentially could crash someone's house. <laughs> L.A. Thank well, God, let's not do that. Well, thanks for letting me know you're the voted worst driver after picking me up and taking me to an interview, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you see me texting, driving, multitasking, smoking a cigarette, fucking... Yeah. Lay, you know, knee knee on the wheel. <laughs> hey, whatever I got to do. He's, uh, and we're, we got there. And, uh, we am got I alive? There. Yes, I'm alive. Mm -hmm. Am I here? I'm here. Yes, sir. I'm here. So uh, were, were you always, because you always uh, repping hip-hop. You always quoting. You, you wrote books about uh, uh, famous people, about raps. Have you always been into hip-hop? What was your first experience with rap? <laughs> Coming from a, a, a white kid from Ohio? like um, I have one older brother. Okay. And my older brother, I took all my cues from him growing up. Like what to wear, uh, what to listen to. And my brother loved Beastie Boys, <clears throat> and he loved Snoop Dogg, and he loved Cypress Hill, and you know Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam, and things like that. So it's like that's where I got all my original cues from. Um, <clears throat> then it just took like a whole life of its own, where I was introduced to Wu Tang music, and I was like, I want to be part of this. Whatever I got to do to be part of this, I want in, and start developing myself as a rap artist. I uh, used to, like, start off musically playing, like, the bass guitar in various bands and so stuff. So you played instruments? Yeah, I played bass guitar. Okay. I can still rock out to this day. Okay. All right, I was in a, a band called the Drug Sluts, punk rock band. <laughs> we got a demo out. I'm trying to get the master of the demo right now because people want it. Thank you, Stone um, Alone. But I killed it. Like, you know, it's, maybe it's not saying much now reflecting back on it, like, having experienced the world of rap. But, like, I was the best to do it in my high school. <laughs> Then I made money every day. I wouldn't leave school until I made at least 100 bucks a day. I was, selling, cool. I was selling cassette tapes. Okay. CDs weren't a thing yet. Then... What, what were you doing? You were, like, recording them off the radio and selling uh, no, mixes? Like, or? I would make my CD, like, okay. my, my album. You were making mixtapes. Then, tapes. like, dub it one at a time. So, like, if I came to school with 10 tapes, it's because I spent, like, whatever, 40 minutes times 10 to do it. Okay. Um, then, around my sophomore, junior year, we were introduced to CD, like, CD burners. 
And it was the greatest thing ever because I told my mom we had to get a computer with a CD burner. She's like, oh, you're going to blow up the house. Clearly didn't understand what it was. Burner, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then we got into CDs and it just took off from there. And I did the same application when I was in college. Like, I'm not leaving here every day to make 100 bucks times four years. Uh, so I was I was killing it. Like I bought my first car with cash when I was 16 years old. I had yeah, a Ford Explorer, okay. Ford Explorer Sport, okay. brand new. Like I was Off just the lot. killing it. I've always been like that guy with the business acumen, and like people may have not understood it then because like man, you're supposed to be like enjoying what? life and having fun during your. These are the best years of your life. Like every year is the best year of my where, life. Where bro. does this come from? Are, are like this hustle mentality. This I need. Is this how my, are you my, as a kid? Like how are your love, parents? My <laughs> love for gangster movies. Gangster movies. Like, like, Goodfellas is my favorite movie of all time. Okay. That being said, it's like, come on, man. You were putting Henry Hill to work as a child. You know, like, um, on a Bronx tale. Like, these are kids working and getting it in. So I was doing anything and everything for the dollar. How were your parents when, like, here you are, like, watching gangster movies as a kid, worried about <laughs> money? Like, your oh, parents man. like, hey, come on, we got dinner. And you're like, nah, I got money um, to make. Ma, I'm out. It was very odd explaining to my parents how I raised enough money to, like, buy a car and things like that. And I'd be like, yeah, I worked at McDonald's, too. When I was, like, 14 to, like, 17. It's the best job I ever had, to be honest. And, um, you know, be like, I was just saving up paychecks, like, bar mitzvah money. Like, just, like, lying my ass off clearly, like, because they weren't, they weren't a fan of the music side at all. It took them years until they finally came to a sold-out concert I had. It was 700 people who paid five bucks a piece to see me rap and, and saw, like, the admiration of it. That's when they knew I was on to something. But they never kicked a dollar to any of my musical pursuits, you know? They didn't, no, damn. There nah. was no support. No, no, But no, how no, were no. you as a student? Uh, I, I was on the dean's list. So you were a good student. I was on the dean's list for academics and the dean's list for disciplinary action because I was a badass. Like, so you're a good student, so they couldn't really student. talk shit to you. You're like, student. Mom, look, I'm on the dean's list. I got yeah. good grades. I'm not asking yeah. you guys like, for money. Like, like, what? Ultimately, my parents were like, if, like, we want you to go to law school. And I wanted to go to law school because I wanted to master the business of music. But my parents were like, once you successfully graduate law school, like, we can't tell you shit ever because that's all we want. We want you to fulfill your, like, educational potential. We know you're smart. So I did that. I have my, my Juris Doctorate, my JD, and I never took the bar, so I'm not an Esquire. But I use everything IP-related, civil litigation-related, contract-related into my business every day with the artists I work with. And the business every day that you do. Now, let me get this right, because uh, I was, you know, I, I, I read a couple things. There's a lot of articles about you out there. I see you with a lot of rappers. So you will get verses from artists. Yes, sir. And then sell them to other artists to get features on songs and just kind of bring artists together that yep. might not eventually, we, you know, yep. meet. We do it. We do it in a lot of different ways. So, like, the, there's three facets to the business. I have a first licensing company. I have, like, unreleased exclusives. Like, so so you go to the studio. You're the artist. You're Raekwon, for instance. Or you're you're I'm Adam Hill. You're Adam Hill, and you're rapping now. Yeah. So you focus, go and focus. you go and you're working on your album and you record like 50 songs, but right. only 15 are gonna make the cut. Well, you might contact someone like me to buy the rights to everything you're not using or a portion thereof, and I will. So those are unreleased exclusives. They're pre-recorded but never been released and can be sold to a third party. The majority of our verses are what they call custom original exclusives. And that's so Adam Mill wants to do a song with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And you contact me and you got the right bread 
and we work out the contract and all that, and then Snoop does it custom for you. You are the sole owner. The verse is done specifically for you, for your track, on your beat, with your notes, the whole nine, that's how that's done. Verse licensing is similar to the unreleased exclusives where I'm buying the rights to the content from these artists. The difference there is they've already released it. So maybe maybe they're not seeing any money from it, but I just want to own it to have in my catalog. And then Remix I can, it or something. Yeah, for, for, for a lot of EDM, it's our, our license business is big in the EDM world. Okay, that okay. Is, those are people that don't traditionally listen to rap music. Yes. But they love their the favorite producer making a, a beat and hearing some dude rap on it, and it's new yes. to them. Like Waka Flocka does this a lot too. Yes. yes. And yep. they do the drops. And, and, and Waka is an artist on our license Okay. So that's a perfect example you just named. Um, so it's like I'll buy that up, and then we can license it X amount of times. Like some some contracts will be restricted. Like maybe you can license this one particular piece of music ten times. Others will be unrestricted. So it's just mine in perpetuity, and no future royalty or publishing is typically owed to that artist. I give them a buyout for whatever I'm copying from them. Now, do the artists have kind of a say of where that song goes, or are they no over say. And, and whoever it goes to? No say at that point. So once, they once I own it, it's literally at my discretion. So, now, when you list your song on a DSP, a DSP is an example of like an iTunes or a Spotify or a Apple Music or anything like that. What is that, that, like a digital... Digital service provider. Okay. And you get to those through what they call an aggregator. And an aggregator is like a TuneCore, a CD Baby, a United Masters, a Media Famous, shots my homie Domingo, or a record label. Um, if, you are, if your artwork is subpar or your song mix or master is subpar, they might flag it or remove it. You, If you're coming with a feature on your record and it's of a professional caliber, your song has to sound of a professional right. caliber. It has to, yeah, Makes match. Sense. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so, so the artist is like, has artists ever come back and been like, yo, I don't really, I don't fuck with that song. Why'd they use it? Or is it, are they just shit out of luck at that moment. I've had two artists ever, I don't need to name their names because it's, you know, their personal <laughs> business, but not say I don't like the song, but say I don't want to be part of your license catalog. So some people are part of it without knowing it. It's and in their contracts and they don't... It's in the contract. Okay. So like if I bought something for you to use on an album, in my contract that I drafted and I also sell to artists, you know, I have, I have guest artist feature memorandums I draft, production memorandums I draft, licensing and clearance memorandums I draft that people can purchase from me to use for their labels. But when I'm buying something from an artist to use on an album, it gives me the right to assign, the right to license, the right to transfer. Like I need these things because Holy Twitter Productions isn't the final stop. I'm my own home base, but I'm gonna go take a product and shop it for a record deal, shop it for a distribution deal, shop it for a TV or movie placement, something like that. So do you look for like up and coming artists or projects? Like you have a catalog of songs, you're like I own right. all these songs. Like, mm -hmm. yo, this artist is up and coming. I fuck with his vibe. DMX would sound great on his fucking album. Do you then? We can connect the dots that way. That happens too. And I, I say DMX because I see you pictures with like mm -hmm. DMX mm -hmm. and, and Lil Wayne and fucking Snoop Dogg and like every artist I can think Snoop of I've, Dogg. I've seen you work with. Yes, sir. Snoop is my favorite. I was going to ask, is there a favorite artist Snoop, that you... Snoop is my favorite person to work with because he just treats everyone well and he treats everyone like family and he's such a good quality human being. Like, like Method Man is a great quality human being. King Crooked is a super quality human being. Like, I, I would trade my whole fucking roster for, like, five Crooked Eyes. He's that good of a human. That's awesome. So that being said, like, if you piss off Snoop, 100% of the time, I'm going to think there's something wrong with you. 
because he's heart, good. Yes. He's a good person. Um, and Snoop takes care of his people, like financially and all that stuff. So it's like I haven't had any complaints. Um, as Wu Tang, as Crooked Eye, you know, and that's the best. Um, so I might, I might see an artist I really like and reach out to them to sign them directly. Okay. 98% of the clients you see me with have retained me, whether they're independent or major, and I offer about 8 to 12 different services in my company to help construct the album, to handle legal, to shop their albums for a record label or distribution deal. Nice. Um, oh, shit. So, there's that. My little broadcast thing stopped, but that, that's the point. So, it's like, I will find one or two artists a year that I want to reach out to. Is there, like, a, a, a holy shit moment that you had where you're, like, like... You you connected someone or you, you met with someone, you're like, yo, this is fucking, I can't believe that I'm actually working with. Uh, DMX was the first. Because, like, I started taking DMX business without ever meeting DMX. But I'm at such a high stature now in the game where I know that I can get to anyone I need to. Like, and if you get the M80 call, I think my, my reputation precedes itself. It's a serious call. Like, I'm not calling and be like, hey, I'm just checking in on you. How you doing, DMX? I know we never spoke before. <laughs> like, it's like, this is who I am. This is what I've done. This is who I represent. This is my faction. And this is the money. Yeah, you laid, you so, laid the groundwork, and yeah. now people know yep. who the fuck M80 is. And when you talk to M80, it's business, baby. We don't bullshit. Yeah, it's always business. There, You know, there's people, like, I'll call to check in on, like Crooked Eye, like Chino XL, like Kill Priest, like Hus Kingpin. You know, those are my people. But, like... The average person that I work with, because there's literally like 200 artists in my network, you get the call from me when it's business related. Whether it's a show brokerage or a feature brokerage or some kind of endorsement or whatever it is, a record deal opportunity, that's that's the calls that I make. When M80's on your phone, it means money. Yeah, so I get furious <laughs> if I call. Like if I call you and you don't answer, oh boy, I get pissed. Uh. Cause like I expect my people to know like oh like Asia like if I call Planet Asia right now he'll respond like M80 what do what's the bread what's, what's the science <laughs> like, like, you know it shout out to Planet Asia what that's fucking right. that's awesome dude yes, that's sir. awesome to be able to build that rep and to have that respect in the space that you're in uh, for people to just be like okay let's go it's making money now let me ask you a question you came from Ohio you did all the coast you worked with a lot yep. of major artists. Yep. How has cannabis been involved with that whole scene? Because I noticed a lot of artists rap about it, a lot of artists smoke it. Oh, you're talking about cannabis the weed? Can, can, yes, cannabis the weed, the All weed. Right. Cannabis you know, the I'm weed. Si I'm sitting here right now yeah. with the cannabis book, but we're not talking about we're gonna that We're going to get yet. to the books in All a right. second. We're getting there. because right. Cannabis, marijuana, marijuana the reefers, reefer. that is just a universal code Devil's amongst, lettuce. amongst all genres of music, man. Reggae gravitates to marijuana. Rappers gravitate towards marijuana. It's it's like it's settling for most. Like I smoked a lot of weed in high school and in college because it kept me active and sharp. Like I could go write all my term papers, study. I was focused. I don't smoke weed now because I get I can't get my work done. So it affects me different like later in life. I don't know why. It, it just it, it just it's what, very just, upsetting. You just get lazy. You just sit there. You get silly. Like my, what do you mean? The last time, <laughs> the, okay, like, yeah, the last time I was like, all right, here's my list of shit to do on a Tuesday, and I'm gonna eat this edible. Well, edibles are different. I didn't know. Edible, you can't you can't say edibles and <laughs> right. smoking weed. That's so, right, that's. So, <laughs> so I ate the edible, like a quarter of it, and I'm petting my dog laying in bed for seven hours and got nothing on the list done. Yeah, that's because that's an edible, dude. Smoking weed. Smoking weed now is like. Like, I get so high, I just want to eat and sleep. And I don't get anything done. Okay. 
I understand that. We do get the munchies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and know, I love food. And sleeping does feel a lot better so when you're like, high. I'm sure if I really wanted to get back into smoking weed, I could probably ask someone like an expert like yourself, <laughs> what strain of weed can I smoke? And in what doses so I can still be active? I got you. Yeah, see? So it's like everyone's a scientist with it now, but it's great because before when we were young, it's just like, you got some weed? Yeah. Like, no one cared. It is whatever you, you got had. Weed. It didn't right? matter what was on the bag. It didn't matter the yeah. brand. No one yeah. cared about who. It just, is it good? And remember, you know, I'm 39, so I was there for the brick weed era. <laughs> Shout out the brick weed era. Yo, come on. We killed it. $60 ounces. Oh, Ooh. shit. I mean, brick it's still weed, out there, but weed. no one's really smoking it. Yeah, dude. no, I wouldn't choose. It if you know, <laughs> had the choice, and then mids came into the game, and people used to drive three hours to see me to get some mids. You got mids? Well, you got kind buds. You got the big long sticks. Yeah, the pretendo. What, what were those chocolate sticks? The tie sticks. Tie sticks. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. My people used to come from Ohio to see me in Indy to get some tie sticks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. How, and now the weed. I, you, you've been to the events where the weeds oh. at now, and it's. <laughs> Crazy, crazy, bro. I've never, like, you're telling me there's, like, 300 different strains of, like, what what anyone outside of California would kill to have their hands on? Nuts. Come yeah, on. Who would have thought? <laughs> no, so that, that made me respect, like, the, like the cultivation of marijuana as the science it is. Yes. And like, shout I, out the growers. I, I, I'll be dead honest. When I was in law school, I had a friend that's like, I'm dropping out of law school and I'm going to like, I'm going to like start like not a dispensary, but like I'm going to be a caregiver and give people their medicine and da da da. And it made me used to laugh because I'm like, dude, just say you want to sell drugs. Yeah. I'm going to legally sell weed. But he was so far advanced. With what he wanted to do and, and like his knowledge of the weed game, I didn't I didn't get it. You know, I really laughed at it. And now I see it all these years later because he still does it and to witness thousands of more people do it. You like if you love marijuana like that, like you're serious. It's medicine, you're a caregiver, you're helping heal others, and it's not just some childish like, ah, we're getting yeah, high. Yeah, we get high. I mean, yeah. that's how it usually starts, uh, with yeah. most people. But yeah. then you understand that there's more value to the cannabis than just getting high, even though we love it. Yeah. But uh, it's like preventative. It's like preventative medicine. You know what I'm saying? Like people take vitamins, people yes. take minerals, yep. and you don't know what it does, but it makes you feel better. And that's the same thing with cannabis. Sometimes yep. it, it just makes you feel better. I, 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 my apologies to Billy, bro. I had no idea it was a serious thing. I used to laugh. <laughs> I'm gonna go deliver these patients their medicine. I'm like, you go sell drugs <laughs> yeah. to fucking people who want drugs. Okay, yeah, that's how it is. I didn't dude. get it. Well, uh, you were you were busy rapping and and what is this? What is this? I looked up this Guinness World Record. You freestyled for yes, nine hours straight. Nine hours and fifteen minutes and fifteen seconds. Is that like spec it? And it was just like straight, straight freestyle. You get you get yes, yeah, straight freestyle. A uh, giant dry erase board. My friend Teresa's tuned in right now. She was there. She was physically present. Um, but there's a big dry erase board. People could come up and write words on it, and she would take them off the board one at a time. And like uh, people would like hold up items or like throw something at me, like not trying to hit me, but like real rap about this. Or like I wrapped a whole People's Magazine cover to cover for like 45 minutes. So just like going and that's the, the best way to do it. Because if I'm freestyling like in a cipher or just like in front of say you and Ken, um, you know. It's best for my brain if you're throwing a word out every right. 10 seconds just or something. Around, it keeps it, yeah, it yeah. keeps it sharp. And the best freestyle MC of all time, and also an Indiana native, shout out to MC Supernatural. Yeah, Supernatural is crazy. The when best. I've seen him at live events where he's just on stage and the best. he's just like shooting it and just speaking about the moment. Now, another good freestyler too that's uh, is Harry Mack. Have you heard of Harry Mack? 
He's, I haven't. He's on Twitch as well too, but he does a lot of just random freestyling oh, about wait, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah have, white yeah, dude, yeah. white dude. Someone sent the, me his video and they're like, "This is your competition." I'm like, "I'm past the competition yeah, phase." No, yeah. But thank you. Yeah, like you can rap too. That's awesome. Like we should kick it. So what made you want to do? Did you know this was a Guinness World Record? Did, yes. Is there a reason why you did I, it? Yes. There. Thank you. <laughs> That's the best question ever. Thank you. Several reasons, and the first being this. I was dating a girl, she was my ex-fiance, and I was so upset with all her friends, guys and girls alike, like, oh, you're dating a rapper, uh, a rapper, like, I was already that dude, I was working with Wu-Tang, I was working with Snoop, like, but when I lived in the Midwest, it's like everyone looks at you like you're just making shit up, mm -hmm. like, okay, guy who lives down the street from me, sure you are, like, alright, bet, so there was that aggravation, then there's all the local <laughs> rap, then there's all the local rappers in Indianapolis, like, we're the same, I'm like, we're not the same, I'd already had an album, I already had one album that was on the Billboard Top 100 at that stage. I already as toured M80. as M80. And I already toured like the majority of America and had done X, Y, and Z. And I'm being like, my name's talked about in Herb Magazine and Source and Double XL and this X, Y, and Z. People just thought I was more local than what it was because I'd never been in like the local periodicals, like an Indie Star or a Nuvo. Right. The biggest gripe was I never made the cover of Nuvo. You were on national. I was all doing all not, the national. Not press, local. But not press. getting the local. Okay. Level. So it's like you had to be a real select special person to know like, like what I was up to and what I was doing. Uh, then it was just like, I have to do this now because I know I can because I have to separate myself from the pack. I have to let people know it's no joke. Like if I break a Guinness World Record, that's something like CNN acknowledged it. Right. Every hip hop media outlet in the world talked about it. Every radio station, oh, did you hear someone? So, and, and I did it, and the reason it's still talked about to this day, even though I haven't had the record, in 10 years. I had it from 2009 to 2011. I did it for charity and funded a secondary school in Nigeria. What? So still to this day, my school stands. Okay? And 2,000 some kids go to school there, and I get letters on the little perforated papers, you know, with the lines and shit. But, like, no one, and the record's changed hands a hundred times since me. Because everyone, no, yeah. Yeah, like, now, the one, it used to be called, like, endurance rap. Now it's something else where it's like... So the title I'm sorry, changes. I'm sorry, it was freestyle rap, and now it's called endurance rap. You can just rap. So, like, Murs did it one time and did it for, like, 24 hours, I think, and pissed off Supernat because Supernat said he was going to do it for 24 hours, and the Murs just ran with it. I actually asked Nat for his blessing before I did it and got it. Um, but Murs rapped Snoop Dogg songs for, like, an hour and a half. You just la di da -di, We all like step out of it. Oh, so we don't he was doing trouble. other people's... Yeah. So like he you was could just, just rap. Oh, he was just doing songs yeah. and shit. Now, oh. what really pissed me off is the dude who broke my record was Chitty from the group Chitty Bang, and he's from Nigeria. My school is in Nigeria, and this dude would not acknowledge me for nothing. At, at the whole the whole time he rapped, he didn't drop it once. No, no, like, no, I'm not... But in all the press. So, like, he was getting big press, too. Like So every time he's in the press, my name comes up because they have to talk about who has the world record. Right. Right. So... But he won't acknowledge, yo, this M80 guy, I never met him, but, like, he he funded a school in my country. Right. Like, that's Hater. huge. Yeah. So I, I booked a show in Indianapolis. It was Wiz Khalifa, Kendrick Lamar, Mac Miller. Sheesh. ASAP Rocky. Sheesh. And, and Chitty from Chitty Bang was the opener. All right, I got the poster in my office. I think maybe one of those names wasn't on it. Okay, no, eh, no Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, yeah, no Kendrick Lamar. It was it was ASAP Rocky. It was Schoolboy Q, Mac, and Wiz, Wiz. and Chitty. That's, that's a cool-ass lineup. Still huge. Um, and ASAP's my guy. 
uh, ASAP 80 speaking to you right now. I was, I was huge. You could ask the people of Live Nation when they're like, they don't know about this ASAP Rocky guy. I'm like, this is the guy. That's a fucking fact. Yeah, that was. Um, but I met Chitty at that show and we talked and like, it was cool. It was cool. Did because, you tell him, like, what the fuck, Don? Why'd you nah, mention I me? I, I was there in a working capacity, like, producing this event. Like, you know, I'm there to get money and that's what I accomplished. <laughs> so it's like, it was cool to meet him though and like break it down. And, you know, he gave me my props. One of my favorite artists right now that showed me super love way after the fact uh, is Toby Nigwe, who's also from Nigeria, and he's killing it. Uh, like, just total independent, like, just releasing his little videos and shit on a weekly basis. And got the, started off, he had the love of Chappelle and Eric Badu, and his career took off. Now everyone loves this dude. But he, like, when I met him, you know, I approached him like, yo, I'm the AR for Wu Tang, blah, blah, blah. And we clicked real tight. And then I told him more about my Guinness World Record stuff in, in the school. What? Uh, yep. Yep. That's crazy, dude. So yep, yep. you did it, but you did the actual freestyle, not endurance rap. Like I did actual freestyle. Off the top. Let's freestyle. go, baby. Yep, yep, That's yep, fucking Because yep. I, I remember at the session when I used to host these events, I used to have little competitions and little games for people to play. Tell them. And one of them was a like freestyle thing. I was like, all right, who wants a freestyle? And it was one thing, you know, people like to do it because it, it was a stage and people don't always get an opportunity to perform in front of like minded individuals. So I'd give you an opportunity and you were there one time and I had no idea uh, about, yeah, I just knew you as Salab's homie who's in I'll, the music industry. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell him the story because it's <laughs> so great. And I used to, okay, so I used to go to battles in Indianapolis. And, and just totally look like I don't belong there. Yeah. You know, like, like I'd go like all mismatched clothes or I'd go wearing a suit and then just like annihilate people. So the battle Adam's talk or the freestyle competition Adam's talking about first prize is what was it like a fully loaded PlayStation or something? I don't know. It One was, minis it was yeah, it was like, I don't remember. We gave so much and, shit out. And I signed up. I signed up for it. And when they gave me the mic, I'm like, you know, like, bear with me, guys. Like, I've never rapped before. <laughs> All right? So, like, please bear with me. But I'm going to give this a shot because I really want this Nintendo. And then, of course, boom, just destroy it. And everyone's like, what the shit? I mean, you know, come on. I said I never rapped before. It's hilarious. Then the guy who got second place, I think his name was Marcosis. He really wanted the Nintendo. I gave it to he, him. He is like a, a battle rapper, too. He's like yeah, a kid I, from Long Beach. I, I got first place, but I gave the guy the grand prize because, like, it was kind of a dickhead thing for me to do to be like, I ain't ne I've never rapped. Everyone's like, oh, this dude's gonna be a cakewalk. Yeah, uh, but you didn't kill it. You just, just went up. like, you went on, and I was like, all right, dude, enough, enough, dude. When, when people say like, I want to freestyle battle you, I'm like, okay, I get it. You want to like talk your shit, but remember, I rap for over nine hours. Like, eventually, I'm gonna wear you out. Yeah, like, I can keep going. Yeah, I can keep shit. going. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to it. You got you got two books in front of you right here. You are now an author. Can your people see over here? Is yeah, they got the cameras right here. They can see it. Yeah. Boom. We and got boom. Famous dick pics. Boom. And we got boom. There's 30 pages of rhymes in this motherfucker. Yes. Cannabis versus and disaster. Famous dick pics. So tell us first. Let's talk about famous dick pics because that was first. That was the one you dropped first. Famous dick pics came out in November. It came out on election day, which is also my birthday. Okay. Famous dick pics. There's eight copies left in the world. This is great. Okay. It, I, I thought it was gonna sell out in like a week, but apparently my friends are older now and don't like to laugh and have good times in life. I don't know. Shit's weird. Uh, so and yes, I'm talking to any of you listening that didn't buy my book. I think you're all pieces of <laughs> I bought, shit. I bought a book. Yeah. Uh, so anyone that didn't buy it, I, I think you're a horrible, horrible human being, and I can't help it, but that is a fact. Uh, so the book is about 
Twenty famous, made the beat. Said he bought the book. Yeah, he did. Twenty famous people named Dick, Rick, and Richard, drawn as penises with funny, like biographical, humorous, like sex blurbs and shit. And it's great. It's so, great, and it's dedicated to my dad, who's named Richard. So it's a bunch of famous Richard. Yes. Dicks. Like here, I'm gonna show these people that are watching all my shit. Like. There you he go. opened That's up a random page random to show shit. his his yeah, live audience. This, right this is Dick, Richard A. Dickbutt. Richard A. Dickbutt was a famous massage therapist. Come on, does it get any better than that? His name is Richard. His name is Dick Dickbutt. Yeah, Dick Dickbutt. Um, this was the guy who won Survivor. Uh, what was his name? Richard uh, Dick Hatch. <laughs> Rick Richard Hatch. You know, it's just genius shit, dude. Richard Holder, who was a police officer in the United Kingdom, that prostitute male prostituted on the late night. And you have pictures of them as dicks? Yeah, dude. Like, look, here's Richard Simmons as a dick. You know, it's a funny dick. Here, let me let me let me show my. Here you go. Here you go. Here's here's one. Here's one. Yeah, you take it. This is animated. This is animated. And shout out to my man Thomas Smith, who drew all the illustrations in famous dick pics. He worked hard, man. That book took like six, eight months to make because of all the illustrations. I wrote the cannabis book in seven days. So uh, you you released that famous dick pics. You hyped yeah. it up. You you blurred a lot of shit out that and way, you teased now, it. On now social. that I just called out every single person in the world who doesn't own it, the last eight copies and the digital copies are at www.famousdickpics.com. By the time I go home, I want to see all eight sold out. That's that. Don't be a douche. <laughs> in fact, they're still on sale. They're like like. 20 bucks plus shipping, so I'm like making like diddly squat on it. It's really expensive to press a hardbound book fully colored, uh, but the canvas book is paperback and uh, no no colored illustrations and whatnot, so significantly cheaper. And it came out, and that is a book of a battle, a famous, what is, what's the cannabis versus disaster? For those, okay, so the book is called There's 30 Pages of Rhymes This Motherfucker, the untold true story of rap's most infamous battle, cannabis versus disaster. Um, I worked with cannabis, one of the greatest <laughs> lyricists in all of hip hop, let's not mistake that for anything, um, from 2007 to 2015. It, the, the book is broken down into three chapters. The first chapter is my introduction to cannabis, how we met, how we started working together, and what we accomplished. The second chapter is focused on the battle. So basically, it's like fans have had questions for a decade about all this shit with the battle. Like, why was he injured, and why did he pull out the notepad, and why this and why that? This book finally answers all their questions. That's in, the, embodied in chapter two. And chapter three is the aftermath of everything that came after the battle, the, the albums that we, we did together, the tours, things like that, and how our relationship ended. So the book is out now, 30pagerhymes.com, and then I blew fans' minds two weeks ago <laughs> by announcing that I had the rights to the official notepad. You can see on the cover, he's got the notepad in his hand. So I bought the rights to the official notepad. Here you go, you hold that up. Uh, and we are selling that separately on the GOAT pad, G-O-A-T, the G-O-A-T pad.com. And one lucky fan that buys a copy of the of the notepad, will all, every fan has entered into a raffle. When we hit 500 sales, one fan will win the original handwritten notepad, which I had appraised, authenticated, the whole nine. $30,000 is the value of that notepad. $30,000. It's literally one of the most sought-after hip-hop artifacts there. What? Yes. Uh, last year, or not, not even, well, it was last year, it was like three months ago, but Sotheby's Auction House did a big rap auction. They asked me for five of my personal items. This before I had the canvas notepad. Uh, I had Eminem items, Wu-Tang items. Oh, uh, man, what else, what else? 
I don't even know. But um, like ultimately I didn't sell that many of my stuff. Like I wanted to hold it. Like I never I never started getting all these, you know, cool artifacts. Like I have a pair of Wu-Tang Jordans fully autographed by the Wu-Tang clan. That is worth probably like $40,000. It's like a prototype Wu-Tang shoe, or a prototype Jordan. Um, but I got that as a fan, like as these are my people. But the note, buying the notepad specifically to give to the fans, to give back, like you can all get a copy and one person is gonna win the original. Like I didn't get it to hoard for myself. So it's like some dude's gonna spend like 30 bucks on the website and win something worth $30,000. Like a lot well, of the shit I'm doing, yeah. Big raffle, big prizes. It's all, it's all that marketing, it's all that fucking campaigns getting that, making it exciting for the people. M80, how did you get the name M80? Is it just because you're explosive? M80 <laughs> is an explosive. It, it leaves What's a up, protrusion. DD? It leaves an impact. So you feel my presence. There's no one that can say, I met M80 and didn't remember it. And I'm not talking about one of the fake people using my name all over the world. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, one time, this guy named Theodore Johnson on Twitter was like, I'm M80. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm like 12 years older than you and like have an insane amount of accolades. What are you talking about? You can't be me. My name's registered. My name's registered M-E-I-G-H-T-Y. So a lot of these people are just M-8-0 or M-8-0. Yeah. So I said, fine, you can be M-80. I'm going to be Theodore Johnson. And for like a week, everyone was calling me, yo, Theodore, what's up? And he was so mad. I'm like, all right, well, then you can't be M-80 if you want to be Theodore. Yeah. Right, right. So I let him have his name back. That's the best. Yeah, yeah, it, it is crazy because uh, once you do create... Uh, uh, a lane or creates an avenue that hasn't been around anymore because I don't know a lot of people that do what <laughs> you do as far as connecting artists I get, with new I artists. I get infuriated when people tell me they do what I do. I'm like, no the fuck you well, don't. Well, I mean, look, 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 look. Infuriated. I mean, look, look, I understand. We are out here. We inspire a lot of people. Like, I I get paid to smoke weed, dude. Yeah, you like, do. That's awesome. And, and it's been like that. I got paid to watch you smoke weed <laughs> last week. So, so, and now, like, like, you know, a lot of people weren't getting paid to smoke weed. There wasn't this no. platform. A lot of people weren't out, uh, uh, weren't out and just open about their consumption as much as I was for as long as I've been up since like MySpace days. You know what I'm saying? But now uh, yeah. everybody out Dude, here. Dude, we used to pull thirty grand a week on MySpace. I was running pages for like various <laughs> members of Wu Tang and other artists and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Cannabis and Keith Murray. And That's whoever, what I'm saying. I was doing content yeah. then, so like. I, I'm not I, I'm not mad that other people are doing what I'm doing uh, as long as you're original in how you approach it. Because, like, there's a lot of chefs. There's a lot of uh, clothes yep, designers. Yep, yep. There's a lot of music producers. Like, you, you're never going to be the only one. You might be a pioneer. Yeah. You might be the first one. You might be the best one. Yes. But the thing I always say is, like, just be original. Like, when I see someone hosting a cannabis event that I'm not on stage and you're using my catchphrases and doing, like, the shit I do, like, I, that's when I get mad. Like, be yourself, dude. Don't try to be me yeah. on stage. Yes, you, that part. You can have, like, a lot of people can have the, the recipe, but not a lot of people are the chef. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't get in the kitchen and cook yeah. it the same way. Like, a lot of times my job title, like A&R, will go to, like, a friend or someone's family member or something like that. And that's cool because it's, the artist gets to pick who they want to work with, unless they're signed to a major label and there's already A&R assigned to that, to that specific record or to the artist. But when people tell me, like, I do what you do, I know they don't like mean it disrespectfully, but my my mind always goes there because like no like where'd you go to law school? Right. What what, what I was magna cum laude in high school, college, and law school. I was always been smart like that. Like that's me. Like I got in trouble all the time, but I was still smart. Like I got all my work in. I was smart like, and a smart ass. The best the best part was in law school. Like the first year, they kick your ass. 
Like they say, if you do anything other than study, then you're not taking it seriously. And it's really a true statement. One of my professors overheard me say I went to a movie on the weekend. They're like, oh, well, you're not studying as hard as you should be. I'm like, damn. But then by my third year, I mastered, like, what? Uh, how to master law school studies is to do as many practice tests as possible. You got to pay attention and take your notes in class. But the best, like, the best way to train your brain for the exams is to take all the practice exams. So by my third year, I could go out any day of the week I wanted to. In fact, I was with RZA till 4.30 in the morning. Uh, Wu-Tang, Eight Diagrams album, just dropped RZA at a show in San Francisco. We're together, we're playing chess, we're chilling, we're drinking the whole night. I went to law school, like my, the next day of school, the next whatever was my final final. It was corporations, which of course is business, so you know I'm good in that. I gotta be. Like, but first year law student Matt, like, yo, you can't take two hours to go see a movie. Are you crazy? You gotta study while you eat. Right. Like, you should like. I used to go to the gym with someone, 24 hour fitness, like someone from law school, so we could lift and like quiz each other. Study while working yeah, out. Yeah, bro. Yes. So like, when Keep you master, th- when you train your brain on how to do a certain thing, and then it's just natural. Yes. You know? That's how I feel when I get on stage with the mic. Like, even yes, if I'm not prepared, they're like, yo, can you host this? I'm like, sure. Just, I got you, bro. Let's yes, run sir. it. Let's run yep. it. So what what will be your what, like? Let's say someone's coming up in the in the business. They out here. They want to manage artists. They want to work in the industry. What would be like like a tip? What would what would Matt tell? One one of my friends said you gave me a contact high. Like your eyes aren't even open. <laughs> um, go ahead, repeat that question. I'm so sorry. And, and, uh, uh, hold on, let me elaborate real quick. Yes, Someone sir. says, "What what M80 meant when he got paid to watch me smoke weed is we were a part of a of a of a video where I was a special guest and uh, M80 brought me there as a, represented me and you know we got Basically, compensated this for our time. Basically, like, do you know people who like to smoke weed? I'm like, I do, and they're like, we'll pay you to bring us people who smoke weed. I'm like, for real? <laughs> so I stopped doing rap shit for a day and I was like, I'm a weed broker guy. <laughs> yes, and uh, yes, and that'll be coming soon. I'll let you know about that when it comes out. Uh, I feel like it went well. I feel like it went well. So my question to you was, uh, what, now that you're out here, experienced, ran it, you know, you you're, you got your foot in a lot of doors, you got a lot of businesses, uh, what would be your advice to someone that's, you know, getting into the space right now? Because I know you've seen a lot of change from... Um, you can learn, like, I spent six figures on my education, okay? And I was the happiest man alive when I had no student debt. When that was all said and done, fantastic. Uh, the smartest things you can do as an artist, and, and say on a limited to no budget, you know, this information is readily accessible in libraries. This information is readily accessible on the World Wide Web. Get yourself annotated and acquainted to as much of what they consider the music business as possible. Um, the talent literally is relevant now. Uh, you've seen that by what is currently being force-fed to us as as great music. Um, so it's like the business is what keeps this all alive. Um, so get yourself antiquated with what the business of music is all about. Even I've been in it for 20 years. I don't know it all. So a lot of the things change year and year, like a, a physician or a doctor and, and how they do perform, perform a surgery. It changes. Publishing rights change and registrations. Copyrights and, and registrations change. Licensing and sample clearances. Yes. All these things change. So you can't just learn it and be like, I know it, like riding a bike. Okay? That never changes. Um, so there's that. Please get yourself as... as Mm, you know, in the realm of the business as possible to the best of your ability and know that anything you ever need to sign has to have an attorney's eyes on it. 
No artist is built to just be like, oh, this sounds like a great deal. You can make a contract sound as good as you want to when you verbalize it. But what is certainly written into the fucking cement of the pages is the real finite law, okay? You're not supposed to be able to understand that. That's what people pay all this money to get their education to be able to understand. And I am a whiz at breaking down contracts. There's labels that love me because they know I'm looking out for the best interests of both them and the artist. And then there's labels that are dirty and shady that fucking hate my guts because they know I'm not going to let them get over on one of my people. So for instance, when I executive produced the Ghostface Killer album, I had to have the label send the contract back 13 times to make the right revisions. Yeah, redlining that bitch. They could have done it right the first time. They sent to me. I told them they had to change all the shit. Boom. They kept trying to sneak a funny word. See, even a word can throw off the whole meaning of a sentence or the whole meaning of what you're supposed to get paid or a split or this or that or a royalty or a publishing share. So therefore, 13 times because they thought I'd just be like, oh, thanks for making the revision. Sign, boom, turn in. No, I don't do that. I'm thorough. I am prodigy, mob deep, keeping it thorough with it. So there's that. Now, for you, the artist, do anything and everything you can. Utilize your social media. Record for as effectively as possible. My partner, Anno Domini, gives artist beat packages for literally like 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks that you could record on for the whole year, release and gain notoriety and, and buzz and, and make money. Do things that are advantageous to your budget and know that it is not, no one is an overnight success story. I don't care who you pin that title on. This takes time, man. It takes work and the fruits of the labor go to those who are going to work the hardest for it because that's how you keep your name consistent and relevant. Yeah, just so, bop, 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 bop. Oh, submerge yourself in that bitch. Know what the fuck is going on. If you got to throw a punch or two, you throw a punch or I two. I think I'm going to um, start start giving you my contracts to look over. You must. <laughs> Bro, okay, listen. So, like, oh, the rapper, okay, the main three things I do when I'm hired as an A&R or a consultant on a project of this. A&R construction is how I help the artists actually build their album according to my vision, according to their vision, you know, features they want to work with, producers, whatever, whatever. That's what we do for the construction side of actually creating the album. Then there's A&R administration, which is the legal, the publishing, the copyrights, the clearances, the licensings, the all that, okay? Then there's the album and or the, the label and distribution shopping. I've had artists that specifically hire me just for the admin, okay? We can pay you a flat fee, say seven grand, 10 grand, 15 grand, whatever it is, and you're gonna do all the legal for the whole album and then some, yes versus I pay my attorney $400, $500 an hour. So basically, I can get a whole year's worth of work out of you for this one fee, and that would be about mm, 15 days with my attorney. Yeah, so people will hire me to do all the admin work. Then once I do it, they submit to their attorney for review. So they may be only spending an hour being billed for an hour. Right, instead so that, of- And that's, the, that's great. Hire me for whatever you need. Like it's, I, I prefer it when I'm hired for my whole package of services, but I don't, you know, shit on the artist that want like, hey man, I just need you to shop the record. When I shop the record though, is different. If I actually helped you make the album and know that I kept it legal, then we shop it. When I go to a label meeting, I'm speaking as passionate as I am right now to the people tuned in, okay? The labels know there's a difference in my speech and how I'm selling it when I just got paid to shop it. Like they know, trust me, they know they don't have to say it, but they know because if I like built this cannabis album from day one to day 184 and I'm so proud of it, like you see it in my face. Right. Like, bro, when I turned in the Ghostface album, like I was so happy about it, like I was crying about it. Like the song we did, Ghostface, Sheik Luch, Vic Spencer, Rainwolf, I think I saw a ghost. 
My brother's like, this may be the best song you've ever worked on in your life. I'm playing it for the label. Like, I was kind of like Tom Cruise. I'm on the couch. Like, this is it. This is fucking it right here. You know? Like, so when you're passionate about it, the labels know. Versus like, okay, I made he's here to yes. present us what he's working on for the day. Yes. Or the for the year or whatever. Passion does go a long way with yes. products and brands. And if you are yeah. passionate about what you're putting out, people feel it and respect it and want to be a part of that. And that is something I always stress on with everything. And that's I think that's something that, that's helped me with cannabis because I'm very passionate about cannabis and weed and the culture and the lifestyle and the knowledge and educating and everything about it and what it can do for people. So uh, having that passion has helped me, uh, you know, grow in, t- in this space. And just like, you know, I ain't driving no Maybach yet, but uh, just like the passion you have. But I also didn't go to law school and, and fucking... <laughs> Deal to with all my contracts. Own, to correct. Each his own when it comes to your car of choice, bro. No bullshit. Like when I was okay, when I was sixteen or seventeen, my dream car was a Saturn. Remember Saturn? They don't even make them anymore. No, there's no Saturns. And then my brother had a Mitsubishi Eclipse, or someone I knew had one. I was like, oh, oh no. So my, one of my friends had the Mitsubishi Eclipse. My brother had the Eagle Talent. I'm like, this is so badass. So it's like totally to each his own. Right. And the Maybach is my dream car. A Bugatti I could never do. It's too expensive. Um, I like the Bentley Continental, the GTs. I don't like all the new trucks. I don't like, it's not for, I, now I love SUVs, but I don't like like the like Lamborghini truck. Like I want to race a Lamborghini. Right. I, I get it. I'm assuming the truck's probably pretty fast. They're fast. But, it's more but, of like comfort instead of sport yeah, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if yeah, you have a family yeah. and you still want a Lamborghini, yes, you get that yes. truck. So Maybach 80 was a perfect fit because Matthew Markoff, double M, that's my name. Mercedes Maybach with the logo. Double like, M. Hell yeah! And everyone asks, they're like, "Why is there a, a why is there a Maybach logo on your on your pat on your driver's seat?" I'm like, it's for Matt Markoff. Like, <laughs> this is where Matt Markoff sits. <laughs> damn it! Like, so people are like, "You're a retard." Like, that's what it is, buddy. But speaking of the reefers and how important they are to the culture, I want to give a special shout out to my Caviar Gold family. Uh, shout out to Mike. Shout out to Misty. You know, you guys have held it down for me for the longest, and I want to, you know, give you a shout, give you some props here on the Ill Show. What? Yeah, they've been around. They've been around for a minute. They've been around for a minute. I should have worn my caviar gold necklace. I threw a Cuban on. It's all right. Yeah, we got the, the Cubans. We matched. Your Cuban is nice. Mine's real nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's just a classic. Are you ever thought about getting a big Adam Ill pendant to go in there, or is that outside of your realm? Uh, I don't know about pendant. I feel like this is just clean and simple right here. If I were to get a pendant, I probably would get another chain with a pendant. Everyone at home tuned in right now can hear the music in the background, right? Uh, uh, on here, yes. On your phone, if they can hear the keyboard. So yeah. if you can hear the music right now, it's being played live. Yeah, live. Ken is playing the keys live. It is not some backing track. Like, you know, we're at the radio stations like, hi, you're tuned into Casey Kasem. This is W40 and whoop dee doo doo No, it's really going down. All right? Yeah, and he takes requests, too. Kentron is uh, Ken uh, amazing the on the keys. He tickles them Ebony's and Ivory's. He is an amazing... Uh, you said that like a rapper. Tickling the Ebony's and Ivory. That uh, sounded very E-40-like. Well, I guess when I talk, I can rap, but when I try to yeah. rap, I'm whack, so... Oh, that rhyme too, buddy. You're on a rhyme spree. I should just write down oh, what I speak. Oh, 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 oh. But uh, he he's just super talented. Ketron. 
How you feeling right now, dude? How you feeling? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm just chilling. I, you listen I, you, you listen taking it in, man. You listen to M80, you learn it. I know you, I'm peeping the game. Because yeah. I know you out here, you got some original music. He also does a lot of, uh, uh, what I love about Ken is he's an amazing Michael Jackson impersonator. And he can get, the, he has the fit and he gets to the character. <laughs> he can sing it, dance it. It's just. I'd, I'd like to go back and, and reiterate on a statement. If you didn't buy famous dick pics, I don't hate you. I just don't, I kind of like dislike you a little bit more because I don't understand. I kept telling people it's the most funniest book ever and no one believed me. And then they read it and they're like, this is hilarious. I can't believe I doubted you. I'm like, you don't doubt me when I tell you to go buy an album and that it's great. So trust in the words of 80. Yeah. All right. You get me. Yeah, and yeah. we still got copies left of 30 Pages of Rhymes, too, at 30pagesofrhymes.com. The number 30pagesofrhymes.com. And you, get a, you can be in a raffle to win the fucking book. Uh, no. The, that is on the GoatPad oh, okay. website. Okay, I'm high, dude. I'm That's high. a lot. Of, I got a lot of websites. You got a lot of See, websites. See, here's what we do, and this is kind of weird too. I don't have like one company page. So for each project we work on, I build its own website. Shout nice. out to my man Mike Bond in Canada. Nice. Who who had tons of issues for me today? Just tons of issues, making me deal with Canadian business. I'm like. Man, why don't you guys just slap it out? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it's it's different when you deal with Canada, dude. Even shipping yeah. stuff to Canada, it's a little different. Yeah, that's why people love this book because King of the Dot is based out of Canada, you know. And uh, yeah, dude, like when we go to festivals internationally and stuff, like we went to this festival in Switzerland with Mob Deep, and the festival organizers were like giving shit about Mob Deep. Rest in peace, Prodigy, being on stage while Nas was performing. Now, these dudes have known each other since, like, elementary school, but yet all these, like, white dudes that are friends of the festival could be on stage. And, like, they got all up in our face. And, like, the minute, you know, you kind of, like, back them down, like, oh, like, yeah, dude, like, they, that's how they get down. Like, internationally, a lot of those dudes, like, will just get up in your grill until you got to back them down. It's like, yo, stop. Like, we should never have to have an argument whether or not Mob Deep can be on stage while Nas is performing. It should be a non-issue. Right. You know? We're what all you got here. there, buddy? Can I see that? Just can weed? I show my people? Weed? I was about to roll Ooh, up another playing one. playing Quiet Storm. Hey, guys, here's some reefers. It's from uh, Los Angeles Kush Co. The Kush uh, that's not from LA Kush. It's just it's a jar. Not. No, it's no. just a jar. Yeah, it's just uh, that's some traditional flower I got. What is this called? Uh, I wish I remembered the name. Oh, all I right. don't know. It's just some exclusive phenotype that exclusive, I got. Exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> uh, so, do you still freestyle? Is it something you like Bro, to do? I'll be rapping all day. What? I, I heard you call out the beat that Ken just went to. It's a quiet storm, baby. <laughs> shout out to my man, Big Twins. Shout out to Half. Shout out to P. Bandana P, why, you want me to rap something? You down? You down to bust a little? You want to give me three words? Uh-oh, we're doing this on, on the live. Three M80 words? M80 rapping on the live. Hey, Twitch, you want to drop three words? Three yeah. words from M80 to say. All right, let's 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 throw Twitch in it. Twitch. Twitch. All right. Let's throw, uh, let's throw. Yeah. Ken, you got a word? You got a word you wanted to use? Let's say Postmates. Um, Twitch and Postmates. All right, one more. Um... We go. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, and, and do do uh, uh, twist, Postmates, and let's do uh, Nigeria. Is that the where your school's at? Yeah, yeah. Nigeria. Uh, Twitch, Postmates, Nigeria. 
Yeah. Twitch, Postmates, Nigeria. You're inferior, thinking you can rhyme to my superior. M80 is the illest of all times with all rhymes. I'm getting in your fucking ass like venereal. Coming to go and get it, baby. Go scratch off the cereal and bust it. Hit him with that 4-5 Glock now. Coming to go and get your shot down, baby. Like pop now, pop now. Like pop smoke, you smoked it. Coming to go and get it, baby. Y'all know you provoked it. Twitching and never switching. Bitching, I'm never flinching. Coming to hit the mission. Y'all bitches know this incense. And I can give it to it. I give it to them inches across the nine miller. Meter, you go get her. Like Derek Jeter, I get it between her. Hit the pussy lips and make it drip. Y'all coming to go and flip the script. McDonald's. I'm to do it. McDonald's like Ronald. Coming to go and get it. Surround sound, baby. It's going down like downtown now. Around my mind, signs nine times. Ill than Einstein. The way I define rhymes. Weed, I be smoking. Coming to go and get it. Choking. Y'all motherfuckers think y'all talking. Baby, provoking. And if it's spoken, a word like a flur. Coming to go and get it, baby. Highest Eat like host. an old herb. The highest host. The man that's deafer than most. Coming to get it, motherfucker. Never bragging no boast. But I be telling them a felon. Coming to go, baby, irrelevant. You're so Sullivan. You're Sullivan. Can sell it Cupcake. to them. And I be doing the world. <laughs> Coming to go and get it, baby. Make no mistake. Yo, I ain't Drake, but I'm Jewish. Easy E and I'm Rufus. Coming to go knock your bitch ass out and leave your toothless. And that's just how I do it. Motherfuckers run through it. Coming to go and get it like a point. You know I prove it. Iller than Richard Rubin. Baby, but I mean Rick. Coming to go and spit that shit until you're literate. Sicker than Rick. Sick with the shits. Sicker than saws. Coming to go and spit these bars. Fuck it from here to Mars. And that's the illest to ever do it. Run right through it. Coming to go and did I mention that M80 is Jewish and it's a point that I be proving. So is my man Adam. Ratter tatter don't matter. Coming to go the bladder. I hit it right to it. I gotta go and take a piss and your bitch's pussy smells straight like fish. Oh, oh my God, that's sick. Like Ooh. he phony and sick with it. Coming to go, I split your shit with it. Motherfuckers are done did it. You see the satellite, you see the strobes. You see a matey touring all across the globe. Oh, for show. You see me at the Grammys. You see me doing it like Dan Stanley. Coming to go and get that shit for Sally. And if it's selling the Sally, the Sally, the fisherman coming to go and get it. Yeah, I go and insisted and I'm in and then the game. And now I'm just rattling off. Coming to go and get it. It's cavi Mr. Markoff, the cavi cone. Smoking the bone, leave it alone. Never at home. Motherfucker wanna go and take it straight to the dome. Kentron. Y'all motherfuckers know that's how I do it. Kentron on the tracks. He go and spit it fluid. And so I had to do it. I go and try to rustle and tussle and break your motherfucking bustle. The <laughs> yeah. muscle and then I, I gotta get it. Motherfuckers have said it. They so sick with it. You know just how the fuck I did get it. Higher. I finna go and get higher. And you a liar. Thinking that you got that motherfucking fire. It ain't the shit for my desire. He's hitting the keys. Coming to go across the seven seas. Blowing on trees. You know me. And if I I gotta go and get it. Listen on CD-ROM, yourmotherfuckers.com, and CM80. Maybe, baby, I'm not some shady, but I'm kind of crazy. You think you can fuck with that matey? AOL. You're wrong. And AOL. Oh, my God. Remember, dial up. Your motherfuckers was a child running wild. What? <laughs> and that's how I go and spit it. Your motherfuckers thinking you can go with it. Run with it. Done did it. Did you get COVID or coke? If you be thinking you higher than me, well, baby, use a joke. Uh, hey. And I provoke you with the highest weed smoke. I'm down with Adam. A meal, motherfucker, ain't no joke for hey, real. Hey, okay, okay, we don't have nine hours. We don't have nine hours, dude. We don't. M80, M80. I, there was a couple, couple, even I would be like, uh, that ain't it, bro. Points, but guess what? It's, it's a freestyle. freestyle. You and can't. I liked it, and I hope you at home liked uh, it. You kept it going. Right. There was, a, you know, a couple words don't come yeah, out. Man. You think faster than you speak. That's why I don't freestyle. Yeah, you, gotta, you gotta keep but the mind sharp, man. You gotta keep it sharp. 
What? If I had my applaud fucking sound effects, I'd hit that shit right and now. And Ken, you did phenomenal. Thanks, sir. Phenomenal. Yes, indeed. Hey, kept it going live on the keys. I remember when your man asked if I wanted a bottle of water at the start. He lied. Oh. He lied to me. <laughs> I, 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 get it. I was wondering that, too. I don't remember. Yeah. He's on Clubhouse. He's busy on Clubhouse. Oh, he's Clubhouse. Are you on Clubhouse? Do you do I that? I am at? not, because I don't, oh, you don't have, have an iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> nope. I'm an Android user. I'm a PC computer user. Uh... I have a, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm a PC. I'm a cash money abuser. Uh, Matt. That's me. Matt Markoff. That's me, baby. In the building. Freestyle Guinness World Record hold. Did they give you a trophy or a medal or a certificate? I got a certificate, yep. You still got it? Yeah, of course I got it. Uh, author. Author. More books coming soon, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So I'm working on this book. I've been working on it for five years. It's called Who's Your A&R? And the reason for the holdup is because, um, like, the stories change. It's like my best stories with all the artists I've worked with dating back. Like, it starts with me and goes in chronological chronological order. So it's like me, the Wu-Tang, and Redman, and, and Canvas, and blah, 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 blah. Was blah. Wu-Tang the first, like, mainstream act you work with? Yes. Uh, Priest killed... Well, Redman was the first ever artist I met that was a famous rap artist in 1999. And <coughs> I love Priest, Redman. Yeah, he's my favorite. He's, and in real life, too. He's such a cool that ass That was a dude. fun dinner. That was fun. The yeah. dinner was fun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that. Dinner was I cool, don't, but... I don't get a lot of FaceTime with Red, especially now in COVID. Yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah. So it's like that was a necessary dinner, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It's cool. He, yeah. but like I've met him multiple times. I, I've got to engage with Red Man a couple. He drove a Sprinter bus one time. I was in. He fucking is yeah, out he here. He loves that, bro. Yeah. He, he'll work like Red Man will work at a festival where he's not performing. Be like, can I just drive the golf carts? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah, Josh, yeah. his man, Josh usually does sound at those festivals too and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's just cool to see that. So Wu-Tang was like the first... Killer Priest was the first... Killer Priest, I, I give so much accolades and admiration of my career because he introduced me to everyone individually of the clan. And I got to do different like tours and stuff with like Jizza and Ghost and Rizza and Meth and whatnot. And um, and so Priest is, is the first. And uh, then like Dreddy picked me up and we ran Think Differently, me, Dreddy, Rizza. Um, and then it just like, you know, I spazzed from there. Like, you know, after Wu-Tang Indie Culture, I did this record at 05. It was the second highest selling independent album of the year, only behind MF Doom and Danger Mouse, Danger Doom, rest in peace, MF Doom. Um, so that was big. After that, they're like, clients want to know who who did this? Whose vision was this? Who, who made it pop? I'm that guy. So therefore, I M80, got to work I'm explosive, baby. So then I got to work with the likes of Jizza and Redman and Corrupt and Cannabis and Planet Asia and, you know, and so the list goes on and on. and yeah. connecting and yeah. just being real and not bullshitting yeah. and making sure everyone knows this is the real deal, baby. I don't fuck around. Yeah. Would you yeah. say, would you say that, like, because I always tell people, regardless of any situation, like, don't burn bridges. Yeah, don't burn bridges if you don't have to. Regardless, like, just, all right, cool. If they fucked up, just boom, walk away. You don't need to make a whole yeah. big old spiel about that sometimes shit. Sometimes we make a scene, sometimes we don't. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, but a lot of people burn their bridge with me. Now, and, and I get it. Like, like Dreddy Kruger in 05 when we did Wu-Tang Indie Culture, like, that album made a million bucks. I got paid two grand. He clearly looked at me like a lick. Like, okay, cool. He could have never had the foresight to know I was going to become the monster I am today. There's no way. Even I couldn't have predicted Right. This. So it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I will let certain people that fucked up come back in the door. Um, then I will not, there's certain people I will not. Like, Dreddy Kruger cannot come back in the door. C. Ray's Walls, who was my brother, who was a member of Almighty, who I let live at my place for six months when he had nothing, can't come back in the door. 
They because just fuck shit up. You you took you took my kindness for weakness, and I don't. Th- I for the most part believe people don't change. You know. You are who you are. Yeah. I've been the See, same me colors. since high school. Feel it. Yeah. That being said, I, I would be an idiot. I would yeah. be an idiot to let the, the reopen the door. Someone like cannabis, who I thought our our story was done in 2015, I want to work with again. I want him to want to work with me again to give his fans big shit. If that doesn't happen, then so be it. But at least at the end of the day, I promised the fans like a decade ago, we're gonna get this Horseman album out, and it's coming. The debut album from the Horseman is coming April 9th. 2021. Whoa! Yes. Now, for those that exclusives. don't know, yeah, the Horseman is cannabis, corrupt, kill priest, razzcast. That's finally coming. That's been the only black mark on my resume. Like promising a record that never came out. That's the only one I ever said was going to drop. Um, th- then there's this album called Black Steel. We got coming out by the end of the year. But it's like right now the focus is the Horseman. My man Huss Kingpin just dropped. Portis Huss is killing it. Debuted in the top ten digitally. Um, we're doing a big vinyl deal for that tomorrow. So you know, stay tuned for that announcement. Then this Friday, I have coming out, I and a project for Micah 9 from Freestyle Fellowship, which is, you know, California legendary shit. Okay. Uh, that project's on AOK All Day Records with Fat Beats. It is called Nine Clouds, so be on the lookout for that. Look at still working, still making it happen. Where can all people day. are you where can people find all this? Where can they keep up with you? Where, on the interwebs. Where what on the socials? Almighty M80 on Instagram, Matthew Markoff on Facebook. Those are my two biggest. Someone, my friend Chris in New York, I want to shout him out, Chris Vigo, said to me, bro, people hate you because they can't kill you. I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like, everyone can die. He's like, you make so many moves. Like, every day is a new move. So you're like a dude that's dodging bullets. Yeah. I'm like, that's how I am, bro. Always, always working on sh- projects. Always working, bro. I feel it. I'm like, on that same page. And I've been this way since 2008, and I can actually pinpoint what made me this way. When we made the first Almighty album, so Almighty was me, Kill Priest, C-Rays Walls, Bronze Nazareth, Sun One, um, and, and Five Star. That album was so good, and I knew it. It's considered one of the best Wu-Tang debuts for, like, the family. We had, like, five or six different label offers, so they were competing against each other. We ultimately signed with Baby Grand, but when we did the deal, I patted myself on the back. That was my form of celebration. And that happened in 2008, around, like, June. The album came out in, like, August. So I knew I'm destined to do great shit at all times. So now every day, day like yesterday, I brokered a record deal, I brokered an A&R deal, I brokered a, a license deal for a song to be placed on Hulu, I brokered a PR deal, literally by 1 p.m. Patted myself on the back, kept it moving. What? So Where, that's what it comes down to. When are you going to broker my deals, dude? I need some more deals, More M80. deals, baby. More deals. More deals. M80. Diehard fans demand more. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, almighty M80. A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y-M-8-0. Now, how did I know that that's how it's spelled? Because I know you didn't know this at all, but I was the fifth grade spelling bee champion. Central Elementary School. Let me find out you're spelling bee champ, too. Fifth grade spelling bee what? champion. All right. I do I do spelling bee segments sometimes, too, with weed Ooh. words, though. Oh, hey. And that shit's funny. I probably can't spell any of those. Yeah, like Apparently. terpene. T-E-R-P-I-N-E? P-E-N-E. Damn, see, I'm out. I'm out already. <laughs> I, I got to know the weed linguistics. I know what a terpene is, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I, sometimes I get people the word marijuana. M-A-R-I-J-U-A-N-A? Yeah, you're, you're fine. But Boom! You also haven't been uh, taking dabs and smoking a lot of weed right now, because I be getting them uh, first Shout we get ripped. my man A-OK. And first we be getting ripped, and then we do it. And then we do it, yep, dude. Yep, yep, yep. M-80 in the building. I've had a great time. Yo, that hour went by so fast, Oh. 
Wow. That, that, hour that went by. did went by real That quick. hour went by. And I feel like, yeah. you know, we just talked about a lot and didn't really dive deep into many things, but it's we spoke a lot. There's and a lot to talk. We, uh, I'll give you my awesome. life Yes, time. it'd be yeah. awesome for you to come back because I know there's more. M80, I appreciate oh. your time. I know time is money. Time is the move. Kentron in the building made the vibe. Thank you, Kentron, for being yeah, That was great, show, bro. Show. You yeah. already know. Uh, get high everywhere on IG is a little is a little under um, under the red flags right now. So make sure you follow at Adam Ill at Adam Ill. I'm gonna start blowing that IG back up. And and thank you to all the people who tuned in on my Facebook Live. I, I don't usually do this. I only do my lives when I do my A and R clinics every Tuesday. But thank you for tuning in. I'm gonna sign you off right now. Oh, I hope Bye. they learned something. And hey, shout out Shameless Plug. <coughs> I'm banned on Facebook for the next. 30 days, but hit me up. Man. Yeah, they banned me on all social media, dude. Woo. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Bruce. I don't know what's Man. going on, but uh, appreciate you, MAD. Shout out to everyone. Out. Again, special shout out to all the growers out there. I appreciate y'all. I don't give a fuck if it's one plant or a thousand plants, indoor, outdoor, basement, tent, garden. I don't give a fuck. As long as you grow and keep growing, make us higher. Please, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been an amazing podcast. I'll see y'all next week right here on Hayes Radio, Hayes baby. Radio, radio, radio. All right, can't try. You ready? Let's go. Your mic's on, too, if you feel like getting down, baby. I don't like to dream about getting paid. 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 Hey.